my name is Lundy, and welcome to Life in Pieces. This is a podcast that takes an autobiographical view on my life and the little pieces that many may not know. A couple of announcements, and then we'll get into it. First off, as always, listeners and supporters, you are awesome, so thank you. I am in the process of trying to get this podcast out there for more people to know about uh, than my general social circle. And I know it has reached people in Canada, the UK, Germany, France, Monaco, even Poland, and of course, many of the states within the United States. As far as I know, I don't know know really anybody outside of the US, so awesome. That's that's great. It's starting to find people outside of my circle, which is awesome. Secondly, I didn't announce this last time in the episode itself, but I have created an email to open communication between myself and all of you out there. If you have any questions for me, comments on episodes, topic suggestions, or even if it's a personal story you want to share, please write to me and say hello. You can do so at lifeandpiecespodcast at gmail.com. If you have a story you want me to share during an episode, I am interested to hear more about my listeners, and I would love to share your story in an episode, even if you want it to remain anonymous in doing so. Whether you're a jigsaw puzzle lover, LGBTQ+, an ex-Mormon, any combination of the above, or whether your story may be, or whatever your story may be, write to me. I'd love to chat. And also, I am looking for future guests to have on the podcast, so if you're interested, hit me up. So let me be real with you for a second. Life is hard right now. My stress level has risen exponentially through the last year, as probably almost anyone listening to this could probably relate to. So much of life is just currently out of our control. There is just so much crazy in the world right now, both politically and with the pandemic. I am hopeful that 2021 will bring some happiness and change. But until we get there, let us all take care of each other and do the best we can to stay healthy, safe, and most of all, sane. A very good friend of mine reached out to me earlier this week and asked me how my ankle and sanity were. And he asked about my ankle because if you may recall in my last episode, I did mention that I had fractured my ankle. But my response to him was, both things are about the same tattered and torn. And although that sounds kind of funny, it's true. Sanity is hard to come by right now. It's a little scarce, but please help take care of each other and stay safe. All right then, so let's get on to today's topic. Up until this point, I have been talking a little bit about growing up Mormon, finding my sexuality, and some of what I experienced as a BYU student. And although my intention was not to focus only on being raised as a Mormon or Mormon topics, that sure seems to be where a lot of my focus has been. But let's be real. To say it impacted my life would be an understatement. So I am going to pivot slightly, although it's still going to have Mormon themes in this. I'm going to pivot slightly as I want to focus on women's health care. But more specifically, the time, effort, and journey it took me to get to where I am today with my health. So let me start out by saying, I was taught in the church from a very young age that I was to be a wife and a mother. My goal was to find a good Mormon man to marry and have lots of kids with. 
I will tell you, it never appealed to me. It's not something I felt like I was meant to be. My motherly instincts kick in with cats, not so much with babies. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't hate kids. I really don't. But I also just don't have the mother instinct with them. And I really don't have any desire to experience what it would be like to be pregnant. Some people look forward to that and are excited about that. And that's awesome. Good for them. I have nothing against that. But for me personally, I never really wanted it. But with that being said, I thought that was my only purpose, as that is the message I received from the church, starting at a very young age. I was meant to feel like I failed at this mortal life if I didn't eventually become a mother. Although, you know, I say eventually, but sooner rather than later. Around the time I was 16, I was put on birth control by my doctor. I was having some issues that warranted it. And I will admit, I had no idea birth control was used for anything other than preventing birth and preventing pregnancy. And you could probably imagine my surprise when I learned that it wasn't this terribly horrible, awful thing. It was something that could honestly help my issues, even at age 16. And trust me, I was still a virgin at 16. I was not trying to prevent pregnancy. For years, this medication helped me you know, get my system to where it needed to be, my female system, that is, and to get it to function normally. Long story short, these medications were helping. So I was on birth control. I was doing pretty well till I got to be about 24. And around that time, I started to feel a lot of pelvic lower stomach pain and issues with certain foods. Uh, it, it, I could never quite pin down what the cause was, and it seemed to be very unpredictable. Um, Initially, it was suggested I go to a gastroenterologist for some testing to see if they could help diagnose my situation. I was tested for things like celiac disease, Crohn's. I had scans to see if I had gallstones, but everything was coming back normal. Nothing irregular. Eventually, they decided to do a gastric emptying scan, and this, along with an upper endoscopy, I was diagnosed with something called gastroparesis. More or less, it's a disease in which the stomach cannot empty food in a normal fashion, and symptoms can include stuff like heartburn, indigestion, so it mimics a lot of what acid reflux might feel like, um, but it's an all-around unpleasant feeling when eating. The stomach just isn't able to empty itself, and I was put on a medication and alternative diet suggestions to help control the symptoms. I was okay for a while. I was. I was doing okay. But then after some time with this medication and trying to alter my, my diet, and these tests proved I had it, but after a year or so, my symptoms intensified and I started to realize, although this gastroparesis issue may definitely be causing me problems, it was not the only issue. Every time I went to my doctor, um, that helped diagnose this disease, I was told I needed to be patient, that the extra intensity of symptoms was normal, that I was being dramatic. I just needed to do as I was told. I, they even were making comments insinuating that I wasn't adjusting my diet correctly to help control the symptoms, that they said I you know, needed to continue doing that, taking the medication, and that everything would work itself out. 
but that wasn't enough for me. The pain and frustration were not something I was willing to deal with if I felt like there was a different issue going on. So I went to find a new doctor. After doing some initial research on my own symptoms, my search led me to think it was best to go to a gynecologist. So I found one. After writing down symptoms, medications I had been on, the length of time I had been dealing with it, and how long I had been on birth control, we figured out that I might be suffering from endometriosis. It's a very common issue. And I had heard of it, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. But interestingly enough, without me even bringing up endometriosis into the picture, my doctor suggested that really might be the cause and so she helped me figure out kind of what that might mean for me. As for what endometriosis is, I offer you a definition from Mayo Clinic. It is often a painful disorder in which tissue similar to tissue that normally lines the inside of a uterus, the, you know, there's a medical term there that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but this tissue that normally lines the inside of the uterus grows outside of it. So it's where it's not supposed to be. My doctor's first suggestion was to try a different type of birth control to see if that would fix and or control it. Hormones can do great things. They can also mess with you. But she wanted to see if she could get some medication to control it. She advised it can often be a long path to find the right method to control it, but it often can be controlled by medication and hormones. So I was willing to do almost anything as the pain I was feeling at this point was completely awful and hard to deal with day in and day out. So after a few medications and alternate birth control forms, we finally decided it might be time to do something surgical. Not remove anything major really, but to do a surgical procedure to figure out if endometriosis was really the cause. And although, because it can be controlled by medication often or different types you know, of hormones, it's something that they don't often officially diagnose unless medication can't control it. It's something that can really only officially be diagnosed with surgery. So as I was going to take this step at one of my follow-up appointments, my doctor told me she was moving. I was crushed because it had taken me what felt like forever to find a doctor who listened to me, who I had a plan of care with and she was moving. She did refer me to a colleague of hers that dealt specifically with pelvic pain. And since I loved my doctor, I trusted the referral would be a good thing. I, I, I didn't really question it, but let me tell you, I was mistaken. After my initial appointment with this new doctor, I advised her where things had left off with, you know, my previous doctor, that we were leaning towards surgery and that I needed to get something scheduled it's a laparoscopic procedure to see if any of that tissue I mentioned earlier was growing where it shouldn't be. But this new doc was anti-surgery. She threw everything at me that was something outside of that. She did everything she could to try and sway me away from, you know, from surgery. Even though her own former colleague, who it sounds like she worked with pretty closely, suggested it. And it was the next step after everything else I had already tried. I was basically back at square one with this, this, this woman and her suggestion was to do physical therapy for pelvic floor muscles. I don't know if you know what that is, but let me tell you, 
After researching a little bit and looking into what it was, and after talking to the doctor about what, you know, to potentially expect with this, as a sexual abuse victim, I must tell you, I ran from that idea as fast as I could. Never went back to that doctor, and I figured I had to start over anyway, so I would find someone on my own. And after asking some friends of people that, you know, they liked, I, I found a doctor. He seemed great. Someone who listened. After looking at my history and records, he agreed that the laparoscopic procedure was the next logical step. So finally, I felt like I was back on track. He scheduled it with me and uh, we did find out that in fact, I had endometriosis. So while I was under, he removed what he could. And then after the procedure, we went back to the medication drawing board to see what meds could help. And when I asked what the next step was, if medication didn't work, he said, well, sometimes a hysterectomy is needed, but most of the time meds can control it. And if the pain doesn't go away, you know, we'll find, we'll find some alter, alternate ways to deal with it. But he did say a hysterectomy was sometimes needed for some women. But he did reassure me and was confident that for me, meds would help control the pain. And, or the pain would just disappear after this procedure of getting rid of this tissue. So we gave it some time. It wasn't working. I feel like I gave it a good shot. Like it's not like I gave it a week. I gave it several months, even longer. It wasn't working. So at an appointment a while later, when I brought back up this idea of the hysterectomy, he told me, we don't take parts out of a female your age. You don't have any kids. That isn't something we do. Even when he himself said a hysterectomy may be needed, it's not like I jumped to that right away. I did try medication, but no, I had no kids, so off the table. You can imagine as a woman, as a woman who had been dealing with this pain for several years now, that I was beyond frustrated with that answer. Because I was under 30, not married, and no kids, the you know, a, a next logical step for probably many other people who, who met at least one of those criteria, it was out of the question for me. So once again, I had to find someone who would listen to me. But in the meantime, I just tried to deal with it because I bounced between doctors, different health systems, male doctors, female doctors. I tried everything I could, and yet all I found was dead ends. And this is the exact frustration that many women face in the healthcare system. We are told our reproductive system is more important than trying to fix pain, or we're told we're being dramatic and that we need to, you know, listen to the doctors and what they have to say, like that we're wrong about how we're feeling. You know, when it came to this hysterectomy, it was that, you know, oh, well, you may want to have kids someday. You're not married yet. What if that man says, you know, he wants kids? Okay, well, that's not up to you to deal with. That would be up to me and First of all, I don't want kids, but even aside from that, who is it, why is it a man's place to tell me, to tell a doctor that I don't want kids to basically allow this surgery? It was bullcrap. Like I, I got so beyond frustrated. And even though this surgery was at this point a need-based procedure, not even me just being like, I don't want kids, it doesn't matter. And it shouldn't have mattered anyway, but even with medical need, I was still running into a million dead ends. And the pain continued this whole time. I didn't have a period of no pain at all. I had the surgery, 
They found the endometriosis. They took out what they could. I tried medication and the pain just continued. Many of my Mormon friends I talked to about this tried to tell me that being a mom was important, that I shouldn't be looking to take such a drastic step in order to fix this pain, that I needed to fulfill my role as a mother before considering something so crazy at my age. Okay, this wasn't that crazy. It wasn't the first step, but more the final option for me to, final, to finally get rid of this pain. I was getting so discouraged. And finally in 2017, when I was 29, I finally got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. It had been five plus long and painful years, but I had exhausted most of my options of healthcare systems and doctors, at least locally. So I wasn't sure where to turn. Through some good friends and even a suggestion from my mom, I, I w it was proposed to me that maybe I should try someone outside of where I live different cities, potentially different state altogether. And I travel a lot because I love it. So I figured on a future trip, maybe I could find someone that I could go see and see if they would help me. And when I was trying to think of options, I asked myself some of the following questions. What kind of doctor do, you, do I need? Like who would be best for this? Where is a place that has female care specialists that deals with a lot of, you know, female health issues? And where do I visit often enough that it's easy to go that if I find someone, it won't be too much work to make it work? Because ultimately I'm looking for something a little bit, you know, more intense, which is surgery. So I would need to stay there for a little while. And, you know, obviously some places are easier than others. But believe it or not, the first place I thought of was Utah. I know you're asking yourself, wait, what? So there are what probably feels like a million young women who are pregnant in Utah. Um, because it's so heavily Mormon, they deal a lot with, you know, pregnancy, any female health issues. So I thought maybe this would be the perfect place. And honestly, endometriosis is a pretty common issue. So I felt like with all the young fertile women out there, maybe, you know, there was a doctor out there that had dealt with this that would know that I wasn't crazy and that would be willing to listen to me. So I went to the internet. I did my research. And I found a doctor, shockingly in network with my insurance, who appeared to be someone who could help. I went through reviews. I looked at, you know, his views on certain things. And sure enough, I was like, okay, let me try this guy. So on one of my many trips out to Utah, I went to see him. And holy crap, it was a night and day experience from what I had been dealing with locally. I had finally found a doctor who didn't shun at the idea especially given everything I'd already tried. And after my initial appointment, this was his remark. I'll make you a deal. Go back home. Try one more doctor. If they still won't help you, please get back to me and I will happily help you. It's not that I don't want to help you now, but I don't want you to have to do this out of state if you can help it. But if you try one more, one more doctor and they won't help you, please come back to me. That was music to my ears. I left the office and danced my way to my car. I called my mom on the way back to my hotel and was nearly in tears. And I couldn't believe in Utah of all places that I found someone that was even willing to entertain the idea. Let me tell you, validation goes a long way. 
Well, he called me about a month or two later and asked how I was doing and how things were going. And when I told him I still hadn't found anyone willing to, you know, he said, well, let's get you scheduled. So then I found myself scheduling a hysterectomy out of state at age 29 in Utah. (laughs) Was it what I had imagined? No. Was it what I needed though? Absolutely. And I was, you know, willing to do what I could. Um, You know, I, I was willing to do almost anything. And I did have my parents' support. They had seen me suffering for years and wanted to be, you know, wanted me to be pain free. And sadly, you know, I did not have the support of many others around me. A lot of people who I thought were my friends. The thought of me, you know, taking away my ability to have children was too much for some of them. Uh, they, they stopped talking to me. They couldn't understand, you know, and if, I, I mean, I don't think there was a single one of these people that I'm referring to that wasn't an LDS, a member of the LDS church. And I'm not talking about just where I lived locally. I'm talking about any, any Mormon friends I had at the time. Several of them really just could not understand. So finally, in August of 2017, I had the surgery. And my mom and I went to Utah. Uh, we stayed in an Airbnb for two weeks because I couldn't leave for two weeks. And we made the best of it. It was a fun, you know, I wouldn't say, I say fun, but it, it was a getaway. Obviously, I was healing during that time, but I got a little mini vacation in prior. And, you know, I couldn't believe I had to go out of state to do something like this. And was it ideal? Absolutely not. But the validation of a doctor finally listening to me was at least something to make up for the awful I had been dealing with for years. Now, after arriving at the hospital, my mom asked my surgeon the following question, because she hadn't met him at this point. I was the only one that met him. So when she first met him, one of the first things she asks him are, So, as you know, my daughter has been, you know, fighting long and hard to find someone who would finally listen to her pain and and help her. So, we are very grateful, but why are you okay with it? His response still sits in my brain. Uh, He said something along the lines of, it's not like she's 20 years old and hasn't tried anything before this, and she's clearly in pain. This isn't something, you know, she wants out of convenience. She simply wants to be pain-free and live happy. And yes, I am paraphrasing some of the, some paraphrasing some of that, but the message is the same. He listened, he cared, and he followed through. The bombshell came after the surgery was over. I had an overnight stay and, you know, my surgeon came in to check on me um, before leaving for the evening. And he advised me and my mom, and I think I'm remembering this correctly, but you know, I I was drugged up a little bit, but he did advise me that my biggest issue was not the actually the endometriosis itself, because a lot of the tissue that had been growing where it shouldn't be had been removed prior to this. But he did confirm I still had that. But the fact was that my uterus was actually, you know, which he removed, you know, was actually the same size as my ovaries, which isn't normal. And no other doctor had ever mentioned this to me. It wasn't in my medical records. You know, with all the procedures and tests I had been through, you'd think somebody would have said something. Uh, But my surgeon in Utah seemed just like shocked and in dismay to see that, you know, this wasn't mentioned at all in my medical records. And that's really all he had to go through, you know, go off of. And Granted, they were extensive records, but nothing about this. 
And honestly, in the back of my mind, as he was saying this, the bombshell, this bombshell just confirmed to me what I had already figured out for myself, even though it had never been officially proven, but that I couldn't have kids, even if I wanted them. You know, the only answer I had been given up until this point of why I couldn't have the surgery is because, you know, I didn't have kids yet. I wasn't married. You know, I might change my mind, whatever the situation. Yeah. As it turns out, that wasn't even possible. And I will admit, uh, part of me wonders if the other doctors knew and didn't say anything. If they were just trying to find excuses to not do the surgery. Or if they really truly didn't see it and didn't know. But I have had to move on as it just makes me super angry to think someone, you know, may have known about this and didn't tell me. But after my hysterectomy, uh, 2018 and 2019 held two more surgeries. Initially, they did not take my ovaries because they looked healthy, uh, minus a, you know, a cyst or two that was removed. But ultimately, those cysts grew back, pain was back, and I had to get both of my ovaries removed. Uh, but they were removed separately, so two different surgeries for that. So once again, I was dealing with surgeons who didn't want to operate on me for one reason or another. It took four surgeries technically, but I had finally gotten rid of everything that was causing me so much pain. Once my ovaries were taken out, I was pain-free. Do I wish my surgeon in Utah had taken them out? Yeah, but I really don't fault him either because of my age. You know, I would have had to go on hormone replacement therapy had he taken them. And when they looked healthy, he didn't take them. He didn't see the need to because most it obviously with the size of my uterus, it looked like that was the biggest issue. So he left them. But ultimately, I did have to have both my ovaries taken out. Um, and that really did solve my problem. And it took me years to find someone to listen to me because that dang trifecta, under 30, not married and no kids. So I know I'm not the only one to deal with this. I've heard other stories of women dealing with this same issue and women's healthcare can be difficult in this country. We are often advised that we do, you know, advised what to do, but you know, it may not really be what needs to happen. Too often men and even women doctors think that they know what we need. And that's, I, I honestly will say that was the hardest part of this whole thing is even the female doctors I went to wouldn't take me seriously. Uh, you know, they have this idea and that, you know, what if I change my mind? What, you know, what if I really do want kids down the road? And right now it's just that I don't because I, you know, doing other things. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. And in Utah of all places is where I found the doctor to help me. You know, this, this doctor in Utah did save my life and not necessarily in a, you know, physical, surgical kind of way, but especially in a mental health way. I was struggling to cope with the pain after five long years of dealing with it. So after all these surgeries, I have been so much happier. Living without the pain now for a few years has been life-changing. Is life perfect? No. I've got really, I've got a new medical issue, which I'm still trying to diagnose, but that's, you know, honestly in its discovery phase right now. But aside from that, it's definitely been a roller coaster. I felt the wrath of male doctors who thought they knew what was best for my body solely on the idea that, you know, I needed to reproduce. After being told constantly as a kid that I needed to be a mother, I felt like I had failed. And even though at this point I had already left the Mormon church, the brainwashing is real. And even though I knew, you know, that that wasn't my only purpose, you know, 
for, for a little while after my surgery, I did have a small grieving period, but it was mostly because I was losing friends all over the place. They could not believe that I had gone through this surgery. But it boils down to this. I am a woman, regardless of what internal parts I may or may not have. My ability to reproduce does not define me. And I cannot tell you how happy I am now that all this is behind me. And much to my surprise, after all these surgeries and issues, my real purpose took hold. That is about the time I decided to write my book. And yes, my book is on the back burner at the moment, but this podcast has taken priority and it's doing exactly what I wanted it to. It's helping me and it's helping others. Well, uh, that is all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Lindy. This is Life in Pieces. Until next time.